Hi, my name is Ava, and this is your Truth for Your Twenties podcast with Mama. Peace. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hey guys, this is Sydney. I'm Katie's podcast editor. I just wanted to pop in and give a trigger warning because this episode does contain mention of sexual assault. We think this is a powerful story of God's redemption, and we just want to be sensitive to delicate topics, but let you know that this is a heavy and very powerful episode. Today, I'm talking with a friend I met when I went to speak at Houston Baptist University. Her name is Christina, and this sweet college student drove me to the airport, and it was like serendipitous, (laughs) God's (laughs) provision, God's timing, because we're just like chit-chatting in the car to the airport. And I was like, oh my gosh, your story is so powerful. Can you please come on the podcast and share it? She said, yes. So (laughs) here we are. Um, Christina, introduce yourself. Yeah. So I'm Christina Little. I was a FIMU and I just graduated from HBU. And yeah, I guess that's all about me. (laughs) That's not all about you. Tell them about your singing too. Yes. So I am a singer. Um, I write worship songs and love to lead worship, but I think what's more important to me is the ministry behind what I do. Really just ministering to my sorority sisters and getting to hear about their lives and share with them what the Lord's done in my life. That's honestly my favorite part of being a sorority woman. And that's my favorite part of leading worship that I get to meet so many different people and I get to share my story in a different way than I usually do any other time that through the way that I lead through my songs, through the words that I write, that I'm able to truly touch people and minister to them in a way that is far greater and deeper than I could ever imagine. Oh my gosh. You're the best. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) you just graduated. Do you know what's next? Yeah. So it's really crazy because it just changed this week, but I, yes. So I was committed to DTS to get my THM. Uh, So so that's Dallas Theological Seminary. And then what's THM? It's the Masters of Theology. Okay. So I thought just making sure, making sure clarify for all the people that don't know the initials. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I really wanted to work with human trafficking survivors and I still do. And I'm interning at an organization called Elijah Rising, which is a nonprofit that goal is to raise awareness and fight to end sex trafficking. I love it, but 
after I went to a cross-cultural project in Monterrey, Mexico, I realized that the Lord has really put on my heart missions and um, overseas missions to be specifically. And so my timeline has changed with seminary. Um, but I feel like now is the best time to go. And there's an opportunity that's been kind of thrown at me. And so I'm just going to step out and take the steps of faith and just see what the Lord does with it. Okay. So as we were talking in the ride back from the airport, you started to tell me kind of your story, how you got into music and then, you know, our early dating relationship that did not go very well. Um, I would love for you to just share more about your story and your testimony because it's really, really powerful. And I feel like a lot of girls can see themselves, not necessarily in exactly what you walk through, but in just your story in general. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up thinking I was Christian. I went to everything church related. I was the good girl on the outside, but on the inside, I didn't really know Jesus. I just kind of knew that he was the get out of hell free card. And so I did what I was supposed to prayed the prayer and just live as best as I could. Um, but at the age of 13, I met a boy and things got really tough. Um, After about four months, he raped me and continued to do so for the next two years. And it just got 13 at this time. Yes, I was 13. And it was emotionally, mentally, um, very manipulative and toxic and not what I was prepared for at that age. And so I walked through that for two years. And during that time, I lost a lot of friends. There were a lot of things spread about me that people didn't know the whole story to. And I even had a really difficult relationship with my family also because of this relationship. And so In high school, I really struggled with depression and just seeking affirmation and validation from boys and the approval of others and just was really a mess. (laughs) But coming into college, it's really crazy because the Lord was just pursuing my heart in February of my senior year. Um, I was in this program with, uh, with the high school studio for classical singing and the person that was my voice teacher told me to shadow somebody in the field of work that I wanted to go into. And so I had two options that I was thinking was music therapy or being a worship leader, which is crazy. Cause I wasn't even a Christian at this time, but I decided to reach out to a worship leader that I knew and showed up and shadowed him. And by the end of the internship, he asked me, what's holding you back on stage? And I just broke down and cried. And he was the first one that I started to tell the whole story to and scheduled an appointment with a Christian counselor. (laughs) And that counselor said, you're struggling with your identity in Christ. 
And I remember not knowing what the heck that meant. And I just, that really just started me questioning, am I really a Christian? Who is this Jesus guy? What is your identity in Christ? I don't understand any of this. And so anyways, I left for college and the third week I went through Panhellenic recruitment. And on the first night I met a girl and she just instantly tried to pursue a friendship with me and prayed for me. I remember walking into her bathroom and seeing my name on a sticky note and being like, uh, why is my name in your bathroom? That's so weird. But during that time, she was praying for me and she asked me to do a Bible study with her and just shared the gospel with me. And it wasn't until three months later that everything clicked and the Lord just opened my eyes. And it was at this conference that she paid for me to go to that they talked about shame and guilt and what God's designed for sex is. And it just blew my mind because I was like, wow, I've been living this way for so long. And I didn't know anything different because it all started when I was 13. Like that's a time of your life that your brain is being formed. And so I was just blown away that, that it, that's not how it's supposed to be. God did not design for us to experience shame and especially the shame that I was feeling, especially as a result of sex that was outside of God's design for sex. So it was in that moment that I was like, man, all of creation obeys and worships God. It all is under his authority. So why wouldn't I let him control my life too? Oh, and so, so uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And so just from that moment, I broke up with the guy I was dating and just was like, Lord, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I know that you are worthy. And I know that my life is supposed to reflect you. And so help me to live this out. Help me to just walk with you and love you. Thank God I had community. Thank God I had people to disciple me. And it was crazy because instantly I was like, man, like, why doesn't everybody know this? And so I just had the burden on my heart to just tell people, tell people my story, tell people about the one who can only satisfy and fulfill you that nothing else can. So yeah, that's, that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Well, I'm getting all the feels when you talked about how really your sorority sister, you know, had it not been for her, first of all, praying for you and pursuing you to be part of a sorority because you know, you might've been skeptical. You might not have chosen that sorority. You might not have, you know, had her as a big, so many different things may have not Mm -hmm. gone that way. And then she legitimately pictured to you what sisterhood is and not Mm -hmm. just in a, like what Christian sisterhood is. And this is like, this gets me super fired up because as you know, like I'm a speaker to sorority women and like, that's, 
at its root, especially if I'm you, I know specifically is a Christian based mm-hmm. sorority who, you know, women before there was Google, before there was how to start a sorority, they went to the Bible for their blueprint of what a sorority should mm-hmm. look like and what this sisterhood should mean. And your big, like totally lives that out. So shout out to her <laughs> <laughs> and ended up, I, and I remember you said that you were trying to think of a lot of excuses why you didn't want to go to this conference. Is that right? Yes. I literally was like, oh, I can't pay for it. And she was like, I'll pay for it. What's your excuse now? (laughs) And you were like, shoot. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh man. (laughs) And then at this conference, that was like a huge turning point for you of where you became a Christian. So this just gives me all the feels. I love it. I'm combining all my top advice, everything I hear most often when I have mentoring calls and putting it in one easy to digest course. It's called From Heartbreak to Happily Ever After, and it is available now. We're going to talk about healing from hurt, loving your single life, chemistry, infatuation, and have a shame-free discussion on sex. And then 17 things I've learned in 17 years of marriage. I put a lot of research into each module and I pray this content will help change your dating life for the so much better. If you've never been through a heartbreak, it still applies. You can just skip the first one and go ahead to the dating and loving your single life. If you are in a relationship, this also applies to you because it helps you find a healthy relationship. Evaluate where you are, where you want to go, and how to get there. Find all the information on my website or on Instagram. That's at Katie Bulmer Life. Use promo code TRUTH to save 10% at checkout. I love it so much. Okay, so you had this huge turning point. What, what year? Was this freshman year? That was my freshman year, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So cool. And then you ended up, you know, totally just changed and living for God. Tell me about your next several years in college. Yeah. So for the next year, I was really struggling with what does the Christian life look like? Because I thought I was Christian, but I was not living how the Lord calls us to live. And just invested in community and was discipled for probably a year. And after that, I was still continuing to be discipled, but my desire to share about what God has done in my life and be the vessel that God uses in other people's lives, just like continue to grow. And so I would say the second semester of my sophomore year, even more so my junior year, some of my sorority sisters saw the change in me and were like, what's changed about you? Like, what is happening? (laughs) Or like, how are you so joyful? How are you okay with all that you're going through? Like, for instance, a lot of them knew that I struggled with depression. And they were like, how do you love people the way you do? if you struggle with depression. And so in those moments, I was really able to share about what God's done in my life and done in my heart and how he's transformed my desires and transformed my mind. And I began to um, disciple other sorority sisters. And it's just been amazing to walk with sisters and show them who Jesus is. And i think we got to see five or six of my sorority sisters come to know Jesus at a personal level from that point until I graduated. Yeah. I love that. So 
some words I think that, you know, maybe people just haven't heard of, you know, they're kind of like, sometimes yeah. we, t- we use Christianese. What would you say mm-hmm. it means to be discipled? Like, what did that look like as a college student when you said that you were discipled and then you also mm-hmm. did that for other people? What, what does that mean? What does that look like as a college student? Yeah. So really that means doing life with other people so that one, they see what it means to be a Christian and live like a Christian, but also they can see how their life is different. I think one of the most important things that somebody should be taught is how to study the Bible, how to walk through scripture, go deeper than what's just written on the page. Obviously, the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> he he helps interpret the scripture, but you can also look at context. You can look at like the history You can look at cross-references. You can look at other translations and the meaning of words in Greek and Hebrew. And so I think that it's super important to understand how to study the Bible. And then I also think it's important to know how to pray too, which I like to do the ACTS method, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and uh, wow, sanctification. (laughs) And the S is like the asking portion. But if you do all the previous three, how you're supposed to, then your heart will be in the right place whenever you ask. I've heard that before too. And um, Mm -hmm. help me if I'm saying this right, just as an example. So adoration, like, wow, God, like you are big, you are powerful, you are you made the sun and the stars and like sometimes just taking a step back. We don't, we don't often think about that. Right. So adoration was it Thanksgiving. Thank you for all the things that, you know, you've given me, what is it? Mm-hmm. Confession. Um, yes. That's pretty self-explanatory and then sanctification. And then that's asking, asking for what you, so usually we start with the, the asking, but that's just kind of preparing your heart. Is that a good way to describe it? Yes. And I actually think it's supplication. I think I said sanctification, but I think it's supplication. I think you're right too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't I didn't catch it until you said that. That's perfect. Um, okay, I love that. And then something else you talked about that I think that would be just really good to impact because you know, so many of our listeners are exactly where you are, you know, in college, maybe wanting to live a Christian life, not really even sure what that looks like. And we don't have a lot of examples on TV, um, even yeah. you know, in our lives and so it's almost like, I know it exists, but tell me what it looks like. I want to know all the things. And you mentioned that your kind of aha moment with your counselor was finding your identity in Christ. Again, I've heard it. You know, I'm sure lots of people mm-hmm. have heard it. What did that mean for you? I would say it finally clicked at the conference that identity in Christ is allowing Christ to define who you are, define your value your worth, who you are as a person, what your morals are, your beliefs, that everything in life centers around him, that he is the number one priority. Well, that sums it up. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) No, that's good. And I think that that's important because I know for me, I used to think Christian was I don't know, an accessory. <laughs> it was part of your life. It was something that was convenient when you wanted to be a good girl. I, I don't know. I definitely had a misconstrued version of it as well. But when mm-hmm. I started to understand that it's like, no, it is your life. It is like everything. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the, your hobbies, it's 
where, how you spend your money. It's like the way I always describe it is be the best supporting role for the only main character who was and will ever be. Because it's so human of us to be like, I want to be famous on the internet. I want to make my name great. I want to be rich. I want to be popular. And that is so <laughs> temporary because even the greatest mm-hmm. of the greats will be forgotten. I mean, let's just be real. And the only name we even know from 2000 years ago is Jesus and those that were a part of his story. And so being that supporting role is the best, is the best we can, I mean, not ever hope for because like we get invited to, like, it's amazing. We get to be a supporting role of Jesus mm-hmm. He's a rock star. Yeah. 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 And I think for me, whenever I'm struggling with approval or struggling with anything in life, it's like now I'm thinking, man, my greatest problem in life, which is being separated from God, was fully satisfied by Jesus on the cross. So there's nothing I can do or won't do that will ever depreciate that value and that sacrifice that he has already done. Boom. So (laughs) what would you say to someone, maybe, well, say a young girl listening, but really any age who might have found themselves in a relationship like you were in, in that 13 to 15 year old age? Because I mean, I don't think that, you know, even if you're 30, you're necessarily immune to finding yourself in a toxic relationship. So just maybe some tips you wish you could have given your younger self. Man, I wish I wasn't scared to tell somebody. I think it's so important that if you see red flags, if you are questioning something that's happening to you, you should tell someone. You should tell a friend, tell your parents. I don't know. Tell tell anybody, you know, don't be afraid to talk about it or question, is this actually how it's supposed to be? That is one thing. And second thing is just because they took advantage of you, just because they passed the boundaries that you set, just because they took your virginity, that does not mean that you have to stay with them. Like you can leave. In fact, you should leave. If they're not respecting your boundaries now, they're not going to respect it in marriage. Yeah, girl, say it louder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times I say the only thing that changes when you get married is someone put on a white dress and a tux. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. there's not this magical, oh, well, I was a total jerk and treated you like crap, but now, like, no. Yeah. (laughs) And and better is, it takes work with anything in life, you know, exercise, diet, um, financial, and relational, it takes work and effort and people don't just drift toward it. So if you don't see, even if they're like, Oh baby, I'm going to change what work, what evidence. And, and then obviously if there's none, bye-bye deuces, homie. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if they're treating like that, it doesn't matter if they say they're going to change anyway, you still got to say bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. Well, I'm so proud of you for sharing your story. You got to share this for convocation. Is that right? Yeah, I got to share it for my school. I actually shared it twice. That was super awesome. And then I also got to share it at a worship night too. So proud of you. Well, and that's another evidence in that our mess becomes our message, right? Did you ever think as a 14 year old girl, when you're struggling with that and thinking that like, this is, this is my life that you would one day be able to share the other side, the freedom side to 
to like all your college. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it is crazy because I always say now your misery is your greatest ministry. And yeah. so it's funny that you said that because what I say is pretty similar to that. And yeah, I never would have thought that I would even be at the place that I am now. Like I never would have comprehended that I could be fully known and satisfied and loved by God. Yes. And now using you to write songs and have a passion for women and sex trafficking by no mistake, even though his heart was breaking when you were walking through this, not wasting a single tear and using it to change the world. Tell me about your songwriting. Yeah. So I love to write songs. I write worship songs primarily. And really it's just, I love to focus on the words because honestly, the words are so powerful. Words in general are so powerful. And I have a few songs, but I haven't produced any yet, but I'm considering producing one of them super soon. And I think I've just had a course just stuck in my mind and it just really touches and reaches the shame aspect of sin and just looking at Jesus to saying, man, every time I'm sinning, I'm digging the nails deeper into your hands. Did you think of that when you were on the cross? Like, did you look at me? Did you see me and what I'm doing? Or do you still blame me for what happened to you on the cross? And obviously the answer is no. Obviously Jesus loves us. And that is why he paid the sacrifice and was the lamb that covered our sin, past, present, and future. But that thought process is what truly represents somebody that's experiencing a deep level of shame. Can you sing it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I can sing it. Uh, oh my gosh, it'll I'm gonna cry. I'm already know it. <laughs> okay, okay. When you cried, it is finished. Did you think of me? When they nailed you to that tree, did you see me? When your father turned his back, did you blame me? It was my sin. Massing the place you there. It was massing, massing the place you there. And that's the chorus. <laughs> You're my favorite. This is so good. Girl, you are going to change the world. You are going places for Jesus. You are, uh, what did you say? So I say your mess becomes your message. What is it that you said? Your misery is your greatest ministry. Oh, I love it all. I love it all. And it's so true. And my heart breaks from a mother that you walk through that, but I'm getting tears over here, but <laughs> God did not waste a single bit of it. And, and just those song lyrics and what you're doing in your ministry and that your passion for ministry, like you're not in it for anything, but what you're supposed to be there for. And you're such a light on your campus and you're well, in your sorority, even in, that will continue to be the case, you know, uh, as you serve sorority women, even after you graduate, I think there's so many 
amazing chapters yet to be written in your story, my friend. Mm, Thank you. Well, tell friends how they can maybe check you out on Instagram or see what's coming because we can say we knew you when before you're a famous recording (laughs) artist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my Instagram is it's Christina.Marie. And I do have a blog that I occasionally post on. And so, yeah, you can keep up with me there. And hopefully I'll be producing a song, a single somewhat soon. Well, and I usually ask, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? But what are you like, 21, 22? (laughs) I'm 22. (laughs) And we kind of talked about what you would tell your 13-year-old self. So I feel like you already passed the test. Yeah. Okay, so it's Christina.Marie, and you said you are producing a single soon? Did I miss that? I'm hoping so. It's in the works. Oh my gosh. So will that be like on Spotify and all the places? Yes, it will. Famous. (laughs) I love it. Well, Christina, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for trusting me with your story, trusting our listeners with your story. I'm so proud of you for sharing it. I think that that's the biggest gift. You know, they say it's the gift of going second when you are brave enough to share your story first. So I know there's a listener out there who now feels braver for sharing her story because you went first. So thank you for that gift. Mm, Of course. Everything I do started with having coffee dates with my younger friends. And this podcast I like to imagine is just that you and I having a coffee date. And if it went by too quickly for anyone else besides just me, there are plenty more episodes to check out in the archive. So just scroll up, find a topic that suits your fancy, and give it a listen. If an episode made a difference in your life, take a screenshot, share it on social, give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big virtual hug. And leaving those reviews on iTunes is a chai tea latte to my soul to see your reviews. And thank you so much for each of you who keep coming back week after week and getting some truths for your 20s. Hi, I'm Hannah. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. And my work here is done.